Welcome back to anyone that has previously joined me, and hello to any first-time listeners. I am going to call this one the elephant in the room, because it is something that is, I feel, unavoidable at this point. I have been really struggling whether I wanted to actually talk about it or not, and I realize that it is such a huge part of my life that it's pretty much unavoidable at this point. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about tattooing. Um, Tattooing is something that is obviously a very gigantic part of my life. It's kind of all-consuming, especially the further that you get into it. And I have unfortunately had my feelings, I don't know, I wouldn't say change, but have definitely altered over the past few years. Uh, Tattooing is really, as far as the way that it is, the way that the clientele and stuff is, it's very far removed from anything that it was when I first started. And especially when I started getting tattooed 10 years even Previous to that, I tattooed myself in my early teens. I did a star that is still on my hand, and I started something uh, on my ankle. And while I was halfway through it, I very quickly realized that it was uh, something that I think I realized instantaneously that if I was going to do it, if I was going to get actual tattoos that I wanted them to look good and I wanted them to be done by someone that actually knew what they were doing instead of what I was doing to myself. Um, The star on my hand, I went out with a couple of friends and we were having some drinks and skateboarding and doing the same stuff we always did. And uh, one of my buddies had the idea that he was going to tattoo himself and somehow it kind of caught fire in all of us that were there all decided to do it and I tattooed myself with a sewing needle and some India ink and when I looked at the tattoo the next morning when I gave it a rinse and stuff I had realized that it was very 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 spotty I wasn't paying very much attention it was dark again I had had a few drinks and stuff And I decided right then that that night I was going to, well, I was probably going to obviously have to have a few drinks because it was going to suck and it was going to hurt, but I was going to go over the whole entire thing all over again and make sure that it was a lot more solid than it was. So the second night in a row, I proceeded to go over the whole entire thing and try to be much more thorough about it. And by the end of it, the skin at least the tattooed part of the skin basically looked like hamburger it was so chewed up Uh, it sucked it was not something that i recommend people doing but it's uh been there for about 30 years now and uh it's still pretty damn solid so i feel like uh by doing it that second night was probably a better idea instead of just having a really spotty piece of garbage on my hand as much as I'm sure that it doesn't look super nice as it is, it's uh, definitely a lot better. And uh, yeah, like I said, I decided that I wasn't going to get any more tattoos for at least a few years. 
and uh, or at least until somebody could do a good one on me. And I almost got tattooed with a uh, old friend of mine, Owen, and his basically brother-in-law at the time, Michael, who's no longer with us. And they both were going to get tattooed, and we had a buddy come over. It was He set it all up in his basement and stuff, and uh, they got tattooed, and I didn't bother getting anything. I was... I was way far in line and it got late in the night and I really didn't feel like bothering. And not that I think that it would have turned out bad or anything, but I guess in the long run, I'm glad that I didn't. And, uh, shortly after that, within probably a year or two, I was working at a skateboard shop and I was introduced to the owner of the tattoo shop, um, which I work at now. And, uh, when I was introduced, it was basically, the owner of the skateboard shop basically told him this is Adam is uh, going to probably want to get some tattoos and stuff just kind of treat him like one of the family so from that day on that's kind of what I ended up being I ended up going in and my very first actual tattoo from a machine from a tattoo artist was on my upper arm and it is the alternative tentacles record label uh their bat logo and i got that for my birthday and uh that turned into a thing for the next couple of years uh my girlfriend at the time that was part of like a birthday present thing for a year or two uh she would help me kind of get something and the first couple of things were all uh, old punk rock stuff and music things. I knew it was going to be skateboard stuff as well, but the first couple of things were the alternative tentacles bat, and I got uh, black flag bars, broken black flag bars. I got a moon off of uh, an Ozzy Osbourne shirt that I had had since I was oh, maybe 13, something like that. And then it started off with skateboarding stuff as well. I got uh, Aesthetics logo with, uh, it had been slightly altered, so instead of just the A, it was an AT. Aesthetics was one of my favorite skateboard brands still to this day. They've been gone for a very long time, but I'm still really happy I got that. And the next thing was a Thrasher Skategoat logo. And instead of it saying Thrasher across the top, it said my last name. And, uh, yeah, I started, I started off just kind of getting random things because I was broke. I was a kid basically living on my own, working at a skateboard shop and I didn't have much income. I partied all the time. I spent all my money as fast as it was coming in. So I never really could afford to get any big tattoos or really even think about planning any stuff like that out. So I kind of just got what I could when I could and when I could afford it. And that's how I went for the first few years. Actually, for the first kind of almost 10 years of getting tattooed. And then uh, when we decided that it was time to let the skateboard shop go, um, I had never really taken any time to myself. I had never taken any holidays or anything like that. And I knew I didn't want to rush into anything. So I took... a well, I didn't purposely take a bunch of time off, but I took a week or two and I was just kind of doing my own thing and not being in too much of a rush to have to 
run out every morning handing out resumes and stuff like that especially because i was very heartbroken about the shop being gone that was something that i thought that was going to be the majority of at least the rest of my immediate future and uh i got a phone call one day from the uh, then manager and piercer of the shop and it was the middle of a day and well, a weekday and i was sitting around probably a lot more inebriated than I should have been at the time and I saw the phone ringing and at the time I used to hang out and go drink sometimes with a couple of the guys from the shop so I thought that maybe it was one of them calling to see if I wanted to go out that evening or try to get a hold of me or whatever and I picked up the phone like hey what's up and uh it was the manager on the other line and she uh she was like, uh, hey, is this Adam? I was like, uh, yeah, hey, what's up? I'm going to just leave names out. That's the only reason I'm not being very specific about stuff. I don't know who wants to be included with any of my stories or what people, uh, what they want people to know about them or anything. So I'm just leaving names out. Anyways, I said, such and such, uh, hey, how's it going? Um, why are you calling? said well i wanted to see what you're up to i was like oh i'm pretty hammered what are you doing she said i'm obviously at work i i mean like what are you doing now with yourself now that the shop's closed I said well, i'm getting hammered which if this was something that i realized was basically for a job i would not and should not have said <laughs> either one of the times i did but uh she then replied that uh they had been having a long discussion about it and they thought that they wanted me to come in and start working at the counter and if I wanted to know if I was interested. So when I said I was, she basically told me to come in the uh, following week and to kind of see where it went. And that was about 18 years ago now. So needless to say, once I was in the door, that was kind of it. I fell in love with it uh, more and more by the day. I never had any intention of ever being a tattoo artist. I never thought about it. I never asked them about it. I never had discussions about it, even with friends or loved ones or the girlfriend at the time or anything. I It was never a thing to me. And uh, after about two years of working at the shop, uh, they had bought a location instead of renting. And we did a large majority of the interior work and whatnot to the building ourselves. So it was a lot of late nights heading up there and doing all kinds of stuff, gutting things, repainting and putting stuff up and hanging pictures and everything for lots of weeks. Anyways, I uh, was up there one night working with one of the bosses and I was sitting in the back corner painting trim down on the ground and I heard the other boss come in and they were talking amongst themselves and I heard the one say, did you say anything to him yet? I said, no, I was waiting until you were here. I said, all right. And I mean, instantly my mind went to the worst. I used to be a lot more pessimistic and I instantaneously figured that I was either getting fired or beat up or yelled at at minimum. I had done something stupid or wrong. I didn't know what it was, but I didn't like 
the idea of <laughs> the vibe of what they were talking about. And uh, before you knew it, the one boss popped his head around the corner and said, Hey, you want to fucking learn to tattoo or what? And before I could even say anything, he said, uh, Before you answer, this is the way it's going to be. Bah, bah, bah. This is what we're going to expect of you. All this stuff. But if you want, I think you should take a night and think about it. If it's something you don't want to do, we're totally fine with you staying on as a counter person. We like the job you're doing and everything. Just want to give you this opportunity if you want it. And I said that I already knew the answer and he said, it doesn't matter. Just don't tell me now, take the night and think about it. And that was the start of a very uh, bumpy uphill. Uh, most people that get into tattooing and most people that start their apprenticeships definitely start it at a younger age. And uh, usually in a situation where they have a partner or they're at home still with their parents or something, and there's not such a financial burden on trying to basically work for free. Um, that's most apprenticeships, most places. Actually, a lot of places, especially back in the day, they wanted you to pay them for the opportunity up front. And then you basically worked all of that money back as you finished your apprenticeship and stuff. And... I was in my late 20s, well, later mid-20s, and it was a very big step. It was something that I definitely took a very big chance by doing because at the time I did not obviously have savings. I didn't have a situation where I could just float by or not worry about bills and stuff like that. And it very, very quickly... Uh, pretty much ended my, well, my relationship was already ending at the time, very long-term relationship, but it definitely put any nails in the coffin of that. I lost my place. I lost a lot of things at the time and I gave it all up for the opportunity. And I mean, looking back at it now, I'm extremely glad that I did it. But at the time, there were definitely a few moments along the way where, I kind of stopped and had to wonder if this was really something that was the smartest idea at that point in my life. But I'm glad that I stuck through it. There were definitely a few not very fun times. And back then, especially, both of the bosses were a lot more vocal. They were a lot more willing to be angry and... Uh, basically just make you stand there and scream in your face if you did something wrong or stupid. And as the apprentice, I got the brunt of a lot of that stuff. I was yelled at very regularly. I had food and things thrown at me. It was a pretty interesting apprenticeship. And it's part of the reason that my opinion on stuff has kind of changed because Everybody that I knew back then that was a tattooer had to go through the same thing and earn their stripes and they had to earn their position and the ability and the right to make the money that they were and have a job as cool as it was. And nowadays, kids try an apprenticeship for a week and the first time someone yells at them, the first time someone says something they don't like or their feelings get hurt or something, the kids basically wither away, they melt like the snowflakes, a lot of them unfortunately kind of tend to turn out to be and they just give up they go home they buy a bunch of garbage off of 
you know, Amazon or whatever stupid site. And they are convinced that that's the wrong way and they can teach themselves and that style of apprenticeship isn't important and it's irrelevant now and whatnot. And I'm not going to be an advocate for um, over aggression. I'm not going to be an advocate for anything about acting violent or threatening or anything like that towards kids as a way to learn. But the way that those apprenticeships and some, I guess, still to this day, but very few, the, the way that it worked is very much the way that it is when you join the military, where they don't care where you came from. They don't care what you already know. They don't care what habits you have or what you think you are or where you think you're going. They break you down to the absolute lowest bare minimum form of what you are. And they do it to the exact same extent with every single person. And they build you up the way that they need you and want you to be, to be a proper working functioning unit. So everybody understands, everybody's on the same page and everybody acts and thinks the same way. And that was kind of the idea behind those apprenticeships is not only did you have to earn it and really show that you wanted it by going through a lot of that hard stuff, but by the end of it, you really did feel like you had accomplished something. And if it was a shop very much like the one that I still work at and that I apprenticed at, um, it was more that everybody is on the same page. Everybody is doing the exact same thing. We all uh, put things away the same way. We make stencils and, and store the things in and on our desks the same way. Uh, it's just, it's, it makes for more of a cohesive unit when someone steps out or someone's away, everything still functions the same because everybody understands everybody's job and everybody's role. And it just tends to, in my opinion, make for a lot better and cohesive of a unit in the long run. And unfortunately that is, like I mentioned, kind of a rare thing these days. Uh, a lot of people get an easy pass. Uh, nowadays, a ton of stuff is disposable. So I, I can tell, <laughs> I, I honestly can tell you that it had to have been, by the time it was all said and done, hundreds and hundreds of nights that I, especially in the early days when I was practicing and I was just trying to get good and I was just trying to get friends or whoever would come in so I could kind of uh, be working on things and start working on my chops. I would have to wait until the shop was closed, which was either eight o'clock or later. Uh, then I would have to have whoever came in and I would work on that. Obviously, especially in the very beginning, it was very slow. So I would be working on whatever tattoo it was for a few hours. By the time that was all said and done and they left, that was the time that I got to start actually doing the shop stuff. And I would be scrubbing tubes and sterilizing stuff and packaging and putting things together and doing all that kind of stuff sometimes until two, three, four in the morning at least just to make sure that everything was going to be ready and available to be used the next day by anyone that was going to need it. And there was no boxes of disposables. There was no bins of extra stuff where when you ran out, you just grabbed these ones. It, there was a ton of tubes 
And back then it was so busy that every one of them would get used almost every day. It was absolutely mind boggling. I couldn't even tell you the amounts of tubes that I sat and scrubbed and the hours and hours and hours I sat in front of those sinks with music on, just lost in my own world, making sure everything was super clean, packaged up and ran for the next day. And that's something that very, very, very few kids are ever going to have to go through now because everything is disposable. Everything comes in pre-sterilized packages. You literally grab it out of a drawer, you rip it open, you use it, you throw it in the garbage. Um, it's, I, it's not even an envy thing or anything like that. I, if anything, I don't envy that the kids are in that situation or, or apprentices are in that situation because again, it's something that I really feel by the end of things it had, um, it put a very big impression on me on the amount of work and effort that goes into being able to have a job like that and be able to do the things that we did and live the way that we did. And I, I couldn't be happier and I couldn't be more thankful to uh, not just both of the bosses, but uh, there were a few of the guys there, um, one especially, who I think... I think I probably got more from him. Let, let's just, because anyone that knows him will know when I say the juicy. Um, I think I got more from him than I might have got from any other person through all of my apprenticeship, including the guy that I was actually apprenticing under. Uh, he tattooed very much in style that... Uh, especially in the early days, was very similar to what I was wanting and trying to do. Uh, he, the way he draws, the way he approaches things, uh, still to this day in this world of disposable everything and whatnot, he still makes almost every single one of the needles that he uses. He takes the time to make sure that, uh, not necessarily just because it's a meticulous thing, but it's it's a consistency and it's a standard thing and he doesn't like the idea of some random sweatshop wherever china or wherever the needles are being made just throwing stuff together and people who have nothing to do with tattooing have never been in a tattoo shop or have a tattoo and probably don't even like it that much it's just a job to them and they're they're the ones that are saying online putting a lot of that stuff together that's why when you open a box of tattoo needles for any of the tattooers that are listening, that's exactly why. It doesn't matter where they're packaged or what companies you're buying them from. There is less than I can count on one hand that does not get their stuff made in bulk, giant situations like that. And you can see, that's why you can buy a box of, I don't care, it's not to point someone out, but a box of icon needles and it's the most inconsistent thing in the world if you buy one box you could have, be covering enough needles to cover the size down and the size above because it's just so completely inconsistent so i have a lot of respect that he still takes the time every single day to do that it's it's a time consuming thing it's not fun it is it can be definitely tedious especially when you have to do it a bunch of times in the day 
And I give him a lot of respect for still doing that, uh, especially in this world where everything is so easily grabbed out of a drawer and stuff. But, uh, you know, I digress back to what I was saying. That's, I, I think that's a big part of what's affecting um, the attitudes of a lot of younger tattooers. Uh, I know they might not necessarily like to hear it, but a lot of them, as human beings, the way that they approach their customers and the job and the trade in general, it's kind of shit. Um, and it sucks. They bring the same entitled attitude that they have out in the world into tattooing with them. Uh, they, not always, but a lot of the time I find have a general disregard for a lot of their clientele. They're only really nice or friendly to people who either pay them tons of money or they're friends with or like in the first place. And it sucks. I think one of the things that I pride myself most on is my relationship with a lot of my clients. That's why I have a lot of clientele that I've been tattooing for well over 10 years. And at this point now, I've actually started tattooing a lot of their kids and stuff. Because regardless of anything to do with my personal abilities or quality of the stuff or anything to do with the tattoos that the people have got. Not only obviously have they been good enough, but they've had a good enough experience that they want to continue coming back. And I think that's something that a lot of tattooers don't think about nowadays. And it sucks because when you treat someone good, generally speaking, they tend to treat you good. And I see a lot of, um, again, it's not so much the entitled um, kind of attitude or, you know, a, a lot of tattooers will refer to it as tattitude. It's not even so much that. I think it's a lot of people just as human beings. And it doesn't matter if they were in the tattoo shop, if they were working in Tim Hortons or, you know, a restaurant or wherever behind a counter at some place, you know, Walmart or something. It's, they're the people who just don't try and be a decent person more than they ever need to be. And it sucks because there's a lot of them in tattooing now. And it's a big part of the reason why I unfortunately don't get to know a lot of other tattooers because I know a ton of them are not like that, but you don't get to find that out until sometimes it's too late. And along the way, I've met a lot of people who I really don't care for all that much. And it, of course, everybody's different, you know, people are into different things, people have different outlooks and stuff, but that has nothing or should really have very little to do with your demeanor and your attitude and especially your outgoing attitude towards people around you and people that you have to work with. And I'm just not a fan of it. Um, it's something that was very rarely around uh, when I started. If you did have any attitude, quite honestly, depending on the shop you're with, you either got tossed or you got tossed around and you basically got beat up because that shit wasn't tolerated. It was not acceptable. It wasn't wanted and it wasn't part of a properly functioning, uh, functioning unit. Again, part of the reason that apprenticeships were always treated the same and people were always treated the same generally across the board because 
if you weren't willing to be there and be part of it and be part of the hard times and the bad stuff as well as the good, then you weren't really wanted. And a big thing that, unfortunately, I feel has also slipped away is the need and the desire for equality. Uh, back in the day, unless you were a shop that you just basically wanted to try to make some money so you didn't really care who you were apprenticing, most of the time people wouldn't apprentice someone unless they were someone that they actually thought had potential to become a really good tattoo artist. I personally have always felt that if they're not good enough that they are going to end up as good as you or better and they're not actually improving the trade itself and adding something to tattooing that they shouldn't really be involved in the first place it's like having cheap garbage mechanics or repairmen and stuff i know there's no laws that say that they can't do that job but by diluting it with that it um, it makes a lot of people not trust them as much. And I feel like a lot of that has slipped into tattooing as well because people don't know what they're going to get. I mean, you can't even look at it as a portfolio nowadays because most people don't have a physical one. And the majority of the photos that they have, at least with a ton of people, they have had filters put on them They've been run through something, a Photoshop or something like that, some type of a program that cleans things up a little bit. Sometimes they'll literally put it in there just to darken up tones or brighten up certain lighter stuff. And it's hard for someone to even get a valid idea of the quality of the work that that person's doing because they don't even know what's 100% legit and not. And it sucks that all of these things have come in and really affected uh, the relationship between the clientele and the tattooer more than anything else uh, because of the TV shows and magazines and the gigantic popularity, especially in the past decade or so. It's obviously brought a ton of customers and clientele in that would generally speaking, probably at least back in the day, never have been a customer. They were people who either thought tattoos were gross, they didn't like them, they thought they were for degenerates or criminals or, you know, whatever, outsiders. And uh, the more that, to, to put, you know, not a generalized necessarily term, but to, to draw a picture when suburban house moms and kids that never had any interest in it and uh, people who would have never wandered in a tattoo shop, when they all started thinking that it was cool and acceptable and something that them and their friends wanted to do on a Friday night for something to do and whatnot, it started bringing them all into the shop with that crossover of that point of time that people started doctoring photos and and people started having online portfolios and stuff like that. And it really made it hard for people to know what was going on and they would come in and if you went in the wrong shop, you and two or three, four of your friends end up walking out all with pieces of garbage and those are the people who they're skeptical, they want to see drawings ahead of time, they are extremely untrustworthy along the process, 
or they just don't ever get another tattoo again. And it's because of having a really shitty first experience. And the more tattooers there are, especially ones that don't have that deep down desire that didn't find it in, I don't want to say it the right way, but basically in the right way, or it maybe in a case like mine where it found me, when people don't have that, they tend not to set the same kind of standards. Uh, a lot of people get into it and rush themselves through again. They don't want to do apprenticeships. They don't want to uh, accept criticisms and stuff like that. So they go out and they do things on their own. And then all of a sudden, the standards drop further and further. Uh, people that don't care and do bad work are more abundant. So there's more opportunities for those people to come across experiences like that. And it starts a downward cycle, which unfortunately I feel like tattooing is very deep into right now. A lot of tattooers I know across Canada, across the United States, even parts of Europe are hurting. Uh, it's not just because of economy, which definitely is a huge factor, but a big, big part of it is that in, in a city like I live in, that we are nowhere near a million people. We're in the hundreds of that, maybe oh, five, six hundred thousand people, something like that, with the amalgamated areas around. If I hit Google Maps right now and I looked, I could probably count well into the 50s of dots all over the city. And I don't care if every single person in the city was into tattooing. You do not need 50-something tattoo shops in any city, anywhere in the world. And the fact that almost every single one of them, I, I can't speak for little tiny private studios and whatnot, but almost every single one of them has multiple tattooers working at it. Minimum, let's say, between two to five tattooers. So I'll, let's lowball an average and say three tattooers in each one of those shops times 50 something. That's 150 something, 160 something minimum tattooers in one city. No city in the world needs that. I don't care how popular tattooing is, how rich your clientele is, how good the economy is doing or anything like that. Nowhere needs that kind of, that. Could you imagine um, a, a place that has that many, uh, I can, I, I don't even know what to equate it to that many painters that like artists, painters, not house painters, that many artists, that many people, uh, sculpting that many people doing a very specified job that it's not a necessity. It's not part of everyday life. And the for the little bit of it that it is, it's something that's a luxury. People don't buy it unless they have ex expendable cash. Uh, it's not something that, I mean, some people do prioritize it, definitely. But as soon as money gets tight, it's one of the first things that gets chopped off, all that kind of stuff. There's no need for it. There really, really, really isn't. And a lot of the tattooers came to this city uh, between thinking that rent was cheap at the time, between um, amalgamating other shops from more expensive cities and bringing them here, uh, between 
amalgamating shops within the city and becoming one uh, or people leaving from other ones and starting one together. I, I understand the, I understand the desire. I understand the appeal. I understand the thought process behind wanting to do it, but there are streets in this city that there is very little to no foot traffic on that within a five block radius, I can walk past three or four shops. And that's ridiculous. It's, it's beyond unnecessary. A lot of these people, I don't know if they thought that it was this super cool thing, if they were gonna make a bunch of money, if they were gonna get internet famous. I don't know what people's ideas behind it is. I don't know what their, what their end game is or what their goals were. Uh, but I, the way that I see it, at least with a lot of the people that I experience and come into contact with, a lot of them got into it for the wrong reasons. And very, very few of them have anything to offer tattooing as far as improving tattooing in, in general on the whole. There are some very amazing artists that I've never even heard of that have just shown up around and that will always happen. That's why you always have to stay on top of what you're doing. That's why you always, you can't let yourself slip because it's not hard to be better than shit, but there's always gonna be somebody coming out for your spot, no matter what. And the older you get and the more of a cutthroat kind of a business or trade or industry that you're in, much like tattooing, the more that's gonna be a thing and the more it's, become, it's gonna become relevant with age. I think that I see a lot of on the other side of things um, than those young tattooers coming in for the wrong reasons. I see a lot of very old tattooers clinging on to old ways much more desperately than they probably should for probably the same reasons and probably the same uh, at least instigation because they are afraid of change because they don't want things to change because they like the way that they were. But the reality of it is that tattooing is a very different thing. It's unless somehow it becomes illegal, it's never going to go back to the way it was. And a lot of these guys need to learn to adapt and to see the writing on the wall because a lot of older tattoo artists are getting slower and slower. Shops are closing. People are not as busy as they should be or could be. And unfortunately, a big part of it is a lack of both internet presence and and making themselves available and putting themselves out there. And this idea that there's safe space tattoo studios and there's everyone welcome studios and ridiculous notions like that. It's the same stupid shit that you see in the mall where they're like, everyone is welcome in the store. I've never gone into a store in the mall where I was told that I wasn't welcome. I mean, unless I was <laughs> shit faced and causing a ruckus and uh, very clearly d being a, a dickhead or not I uh, doing things that I shouldn't be welcome there in the first place. But there's no such thing. I've, uh, as much as I work with people who I will openly admit are probably way more sexist than they should be. They're way more closed-minded than they should be. Probably some of them are even bordering on super racist and stuff like that. But when people are in the shop that 
uh, fall into any of those things. Anyone that's going to be overly offended by any of those things. No one has ever, ever in the entire 18 years I've been there and plus the 10 years that I was going there before that. No one has ever gone out of their way to make someone feel uncomfortable. If someone has felt uncomfortable, we've tried to do whatever we could to make the situation better or change it. Um, I can only speak for myself. I know that there's definitely been situations with other artists, not definitely just in our studio, but lots of studios where that hasn't always been the case. But no one has ever gone out of their way to make someone feel unwelcome. We've never seen a specific type of person, of sexuality, of race, of anything like that, and gone out of our way to make them think or feel like we didn't want them there. If it ever had happened, if I have ever taken part in anything that made someone feel like that, I deeply apologize. And I can guarantee that that was never the intention. But people are so dainty with their feelings now and with what you talk about and they take such offense to things that sometimes it's kind of almost unavoidable. And that's unfortunate because somewhere like a tattoo shop, it's almost like, going into a garage or something where, yes, of course, there's going to be lots of swearing, a lot of dirty talk and jokes and stuff like that. But it's because it's somewhere where, generally speaking, there aren't kids around. Uh, we're not under some type of a strict uh, corporate type of a, a ladder or running or an HR department or anything like that. And it's somewhere where you can generally kind of talk about ideas, about about thoughts about stuff that's going on in the world and have open discussions with sometimes a bunch of other adults because depending on how you know full the room is you may be having a discussion with multiple multiple people and there's no censorship there's where we're all grown adults none of us are gonna get our panties in a bunch about hearing something that we don't like or a word that's a trigger or some nonsense like that and if someone wants to talk about something like that, it's generally been always an area where it's been welcome. And a lot of that's been taken away. And a lot of people try to make uh, this false impression on clientele and on customers that they should be looking out for somewhere like that or they should only come to them because that way they'll feel welcome or whatever. And I think that it's completely disrespectful to both other studios and to the clientele in general for trying to basically, in my eyes, treat them like an idiot because you're just trying to say a bunch of nonsense to get someone through the door. It's the same as putting a bunch of hokey bullshit all over the front uh, to try to attract customers in and stuff. You're not doing anything differently. If you are doing things differently, it's probably in a detrimental way in the big picture and in the long run. And I mean, unfortunately, I mean, these are all my opinions. This is not obviously the set stone or the way that I think the world should be or anything. It's just my opinion and my outlook. You're creating more and more opportunity for people to feel that same way that all those kids that are afraid of the hard apprenticeships feel where they can just run and run and run away from confrontation, 
Nobody ever has to face their fears or challenges or anything of any real significance. And people are allowed to just keep on sliding by with essentially participation ribbons. That's what life has become. And I think that it's a necessity, especially in the day and age where there aren't bullies and there aren't people who are going to make you reevaluate your decisions and decide how, I don't want to say loyal to the idea, but how dedicated you are to a movement, to a thought, to whatever it is that someone's giving you shit about and someone's giving you grief about. When I was a kid and I was a skateboarder, I lived somewhere out west that there was a ton of racial trauma and nonsense all the time going on. Asians would hunt down East Indians, Indians would hunt down groups of white kids, white kids, it was just, it was always something. And because we were skateboarders, back then skateboarding was not cool, uh, we were looked at as a joke. We were looked at as little scumbag kids. And I can't tell you how many nights we would be out skateboarding in a parking lot or at a building or whatever, and carloads of kids would show up because they would drive past and see us. And they would pull in the parking lot and they would chase the shit out of us. They would try to beat us up and fight us and stuff like that. Sometimes 20, 30 kids chasing down, there would be five or six of us. And all that did, as shitty as it was that those kids acted like douchebags and were doing what they were doing, all that did in the long run was make every single one of us decide how dedicated we were to skateboarding. Did we really want to put up with this? Was it worth it? Was it worth all of that effort of running and, and fighting and getting punched in the face and having to get into fights with people that you didn't want to and all that kind of stuff? Was any of that stuff really worth it? And it's the same way that it was with kids that wanted to dress like punk or basically emo before there was emos and uh, people who anything that you wanted to be into that was weird or different when people called you out on it and when people kind of like bullied you a little bit about it it made you really decide how dedicated you were to that thing to that cause to that sport to whatever it was that it was you were doing that people were giving you shit about and that has completely gone away out of society and I feel like by taking away that part of apprenticeships and that atmosphere in a tattoo shop and stuff, you're just adding to that problem where nobody is going to be put in check. No one's, uh, there was, there have been multiple, multiple times where I'm in the shop and someone brings up a rather controversial conversation or subject and it turns into maybe even a heated, but a very long, well-drawn-out debate. And I don't think that there's enough of that anymore because everyone's afraid of confrontation. Well, not online, as long as you're hiding behind a screen, everybody loves confronting someone. But in person, having a face-to-face -face conversation and really debating something is how you understand the other side's outlook. It's how you learn it's how maybe you even expand your own outlook on things and change your opinion on things even sometimes is by sitting and listening to what someone else has to say or or maybe the other side of the coin that you never stopped and actually thought about before 
And that's all being taken away from tattooing, much like it's being taken away from society. That's why everybody is quick to choose sides. That's why everyone's quick to take offense. That's why everybody is too busy defending nonsense that usually has nothing to do with themselves or any kind of relevance in their immediate life because they're busy being offended or, or some type of a internet hero on behalf of a group or someone else that someone has decided that they've offended or whatever. And it sucks because when you take that out of a place like a tattoo shop where we are all adults and we can have those really serious open conversations, I feel like you take away from society and from the, the social being of a ton of those subjects and that, that type of person, that, that type of crowd. And when you do that, it can never be anything but bad. And it's just one more part of tattooing that, like I said, I unfortunately feel has kind of gone in the wrong direction. Um, I realized that I've now spoken for over 45 minutes and I haven't even really touched onto my career or anything like that, but that's okay because I don't think that that matters. Um, it, I'm sure that people would like to hear some of the stories and stuff like that. And I'm sure in future episodes, I'll probably talk about some of those things, especially once I start sitting down and talking with other tattooers and, we start kind of sharing stories and stuff like that. But I just wanted to really address tattooing in general because as someone who has been getting them done for as long as I have, for someone that has been part of doing it for as long as I have, um, my almost every one of my bookshelves is full of reference material, of books for inspiration, of sketchbooks, of stuff like that. I make tattoo machines and I have now for seven years, I have rebuilt and made my own power supply. I know how to make the needles. I've made the pigment. I have tried to indulge in every corner of tattooing that I possibly can and tried to learn about as much of it as I can because I have that respect for it and because I want to be fully ensconced and absolutely 100% engulfed in it. And I don't see that. I don't see that anymore. Not from kids. It's, it's like a job to them. And it makes me really sad because tattooing is something that's always been really, really special. And it's been very, very special to a lot of people. And a lot of the magic that I feel attracted me to it is not there anymore. And the things that are attracting people to it are probably the wrong things because if you talk to any tattooer that doesn't live in a city that has an insane amount of tourism or some type of very rich neighborhood local to them, they'll all tell you, you're never going to be rich being a tattooer unless you grind, absolutely grind all day, every day and put 100% of yourself into it, which is probably going to cause you very much like I had to, to lose relationships, lose your home, maybe even lose a bit of yourself. And unless you're dedicated to doing that, just leave tattooing alone. It's, you, you, there's a lot of jobs out in the world that you can be creative. There's nothing saying you can't be an artist. 
go buy a whole bunch of fake skin and do it on your weekends, on your time off, whatever. But just leave tattooing to people who love it, that want it to be better, that want it to go to a good place and don't want it to turn into what it's turning into. Because it's not about being mean. It's not about uh, the even the, the apprenticeships or any of the stuff that I've talked about. It's about the way that when I have a customer come into the shop now, everything about our experience is very, very, very little to do with what it used to be. And it's taking all of the magic out of tattooing. So unfortunately, I didn't want to leave on some type of a, a downer or a sad note or anything, but I don't want any of these to really go much past an hour or anything like that. It's it's unnecessary unless I'm having an interview or a conversation with someone. I don't need to be talking more than that. You don't need to be listening to me more than that. So at least for right now, I think I'm going to probably end it at that. I may get into a second chapter where I kind of talk about more of the stuff to do with my actual career. Um, maybe I won't. I don't really know. I don't want to make too much of this just about myself. I really, at this point, want to start making it about other people, about other things, about my other interests. And uh, it's definitely going to have a little bit less to do with tattooing on a super regular basis. But there will be interviews coming up with a couple of uh, friends and artists that I've known for a long time. I'm trying to work on something with maybe even a machine builder or two. And uh, I definitely still want to touch on some of, again, my own personal interest, history stuff and things like that. So for now, if you've made it this far, I want to say thank you very much. Uh, if you haven't already subscribed, please do. I know it's annoying and it's stupid and something that everybody says, but by doing it, it helps people that might have interest in hearing this kind of stuff, find it easier or have it suggested to them on the different platforms. And uh, yeah, it makes me feel like there's actually a reason that uh, I should keep on doing this. I will not leave it as long next time. It won't be a few weeks till the next one. It may even be a few days. I don't know, but it definitely won't be as long of a wait. And uh, again, I just want to thank anyone that has already listened to the other ones or has taken the time to listen to this. Uh, for now, I guess that's going to be about it. I'm going to say thank you to everybody. I hope you all are safe and well, and we will all talk again soon. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers.